check out theheart.ie for their latest offers. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening. We'd love to know your thoughts and comments on the sporting weekend that was. Our text number is 083 And that works for WhatsApp messages as well. Our Twitter handle is at TipFMSport. That number again for WhatsApp messages and for text messages is 083-311-3311. You know, you sit down to do a show on a Monday night in January and you think you won't have an awful lot to talk about. But between Hearty Cup, Camogie, ladies football, um, boxing, rugby, not to mention the Munster League final between Tipperary and Cork. There's a pile of stuff we need to get you on tonight's show. Our text number again, 083-311-3311. But I'm delighted to be joined in the studio tonight by the chairman of the Munster Council, Tipperary's Ger Ryan. How are you, Ger? Uh, it would help enormously if I remembered. I, I'm only been off for a week and I've turned up the wrong fader. So let's go again. I'm <laughs> delighted to welcome Ger Ryan to the studio. My apologies, Ger. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Ronan. Thanks for having me. Would, this, would you regard this as a busy time? Yes, it's it's been a busy period over the last number of weeks for two reasons. Number one, we have a lot of meetings. We had our convention 10 days ago. And secondly, then we had the pre-season competitions, the McGrath Cup. And of course, as you referred to, the Co-op Superstores Monster Hurling League. So it's been busy. It'll calm down a little bit again now for about six weeks. But then we're into the uh, underage championships and the Monster Senior Football Championship will start earlier than ever this year. And then we'll have the Senior Hurling Championship as well before the end of April. So the months of March, April. May and into the middle of June will be extremely busy again but that's all good lots of games and activity which is what people want Absolutely and like you know you're, you're, you're custodians of the, one of the blue ribbons of Irish sport which is the Munster Senior Hurling Championship Yeah it's, it's really um, amazing how popular the championship is one of the things that struck me last year uh, with the Limerick Clare game prior to it was the amount of uh, requests for tickets I was receiving from outside the province for right the way up to the north of Antrim and the north of Donegal. Well, in fairness to our friends in Antrim, they are. They, I, I've never been at a Munster final where I haven't heard a northern accent. Yeah, no, they're, they're great, but a lot of these were football people okay. from Tyrone and yes. Donegal and Derry as well, but absolutely the hurling people in Antrim are fantastic. And, and do you th- think that the, the new structure, the fact that it is cutthroat, there's only three... There's only three um, tickets out of Munster and you can make an absolutely coherent argument for any one of the five. Yeah, Well, that adds to the competitiveness of it. But I think all the counties uh, want to win it as well as just qualifying. Uh, There there was a view maybe early on that it was better to qualify in a certain position. But certainly in recent years, maybe even the knockout championships that, that we had to have during COVID influenced that. But it's very evident that the team still want to win the Munster Championship. And, and that was very clear with Limerick and Clare last year. They went at it hammer and tongs from the start and there was no doubt they wanted to win it. And, and for us, everything we do in Munster is really predicated on uh, the, the Munster Championship because in terms of how we fund things, uh, that brings in uh, almost 80% of our gate receipts. Uh, so it is of significant importance to us culturally uh, um, from the sporting point of view, from the hurling point of view and the protection and development of hurling, uh, but also then from the financial perspective as well. You speak of financial perspective and I'm going to come to ticket prices later on because that is a bit of a hot potato for some people at the moment. But you look at the work that's going to be undertaken in Walsh Park and I understand why the Waterford County Board are doing it. But if you look at how often Fitzgerald Stadium in Killarney is full, if you look at how often uh, Porky Cueve, look how much that cost, is full. Simple is full is is the fullest of the lot. It fills more often than others. And then if the Gate of Grands Limerick, is there a necessity for what's going on in Walsh Park? 
Well, I think it is It is important that each county has its own uh, grounds and I think it, it is necessary uh, that Walsh Park is developed for a number of reasons. Number one, it's important from the whole health and safety perspective. Number two, it's important from the comfort perspective. Spectators expect more seats nowadays. They're less interested in standing on the, on the terraces. And I think what's been done in Walsh Park is very uh, proportionate. It's been done on a phased basis. Uh, uh, the money is available up front um, in terms of they have the required funds available and guaranteed to them. So in that sense, it's a sensible development. But is that a drain on your resources? It's not going to be a particularly uh, added drain on our resources. I think the challenge for resources in general is maintaining uh, all of the stadia once they're developed and and Walsh Park won't be as difficult to maintain as some of the other bigger stadia but yes if you were starting again you probably wouldn't have as many large stadia in Munster as we have but nonetheless we have to meet the challenge of trying to maintain and support those and be uh, economical in doing so Uh, and certainly one of the things we're looking in terms of our plans is how we fund the maintenance of those stadia because a lot of effort goes into uh, Mm. building stadia uh, whether it's at club level or at county level, but the, often the challenge is how you manage maintenance thereafter. Um, so look, we're very committed to doing it and, and I believe there will be the funding available to maintain the stadia. Um, but it is, it's definitely a drain, it's definitely a challenge and um, it, it, it's something um, that, that is a burden to an extent, yes. Okay, but then you think of where the income streams are. Now I, I probably predicate my, my next question by saying that Decisions on the on the ticket prices for the national hurling and football leagues are not made at Munster Council level; they're made in Crow Park. But the ticket price has gone from fifteen euros entry to eighteen yes, euros yeah. entry, which some people would regard as a little tone deaf at the time when <coughs> diesel prices okay they're falling a little bit, but they are high. General inflation is high. The cost of running a household is at an all time high. I've, this is the highest inflationary figure since you and I remember the eighties. Yes. Um, so, timing wise, to increase ticket prices, bearing in mind that budget we've had, bearing in mind the the steps the government have taken to try and offset some of the inflatory pressures on families, was this timely? Well, I think um, it's never a good time uh, to raise ticket prices. It's never something that's greeted uh, with open arms. Uh, But there was a lot of thought put into this decision uh, centrally and uh, the view uh, ultimately was that it was necessary uh, and it's proven to be necessary because we're trying to fund a lot of activity. All of the income that does go in virtually all goes back out to the various units of the association. So if you take uh, just the whole area of coaching and games in in Munster, we're going to see uh, additional appointments of people there to work at club level uh, and all the way up and uh, there's going to be an additional 12 million of funding uh, committed for the whole area of coaching coaching games nationally over the next number of years. So any increase goes to funding that and uh, we believe that people still for the 18 euro will get very good value in in terms of access to games. Uh, There is for some people who are uh, in a position to go to all games obviously the season ticket which represents very good value. So in the overall context yeah we would prefer not to raise the prices uh, but ultimately in order to fund all of the excellent activities that happen in all our clubs and our counties it was felt that it was necessary. And ultimately, the, the test of this, will it Im- impact attendances? Our belief is that it's a proportionate increase and that it won't impact attendances. But I guess I, I can't answer that question fully until we see what attendances are like in the coming weeks. Is this funding necessity a, a, a rebound from COVID years? Um, it's partly that, but certainly in the context of, of funding coaching and games in, in, uh, and, and so on. Um, the amount of activity that we have in, in all our clubs now 
uh, has increased significantly over the last number of years. So that's a driver of it as well. And and obviously, yes, there was a significant loss of income during the, the COVID years. We were also um, very uh, fortunate with the government support that was received at that time. Yes. And um, But it's only partly a response to COVID. So, but was there not a post-COVID bounce attendance-wise where people have been locked up last year they suddenly you could go to games again did that not lead to an there increase was a, in attendance? There was, there was a slight bounce but you were trying to make up for two years of significantly uh, less games so in terms of our ability to fund a lot of our activities uh, both in, uh, in the province and nationally uh, we did um, we, we haven't recovered from that yet Okay, Ger Ryan will stay with us we've plenty more to talk about in due course but I'm just going to touch base on the events in the co-op Superstores Munster Hurling League final played in Porky Rin yes they finished Cork 3-14 Tipperary 1-19 a one point win for Cork in the latter stages they just kind of stole it a little bit let's hear from Liam Cal, who was understandably disappointed when he spoke to uh, the assembled media afterwards well, yeah, for long periods of the, of the second half, we look to be in control. But sure, look, look, it's typical Cork, isn't it? You can never, you never write them off, and um, they hold right out to the end. And you know, but on maybe one or two more established players that uh, you know created that little bit more difficulty near the end. And obviously, you know. It's a killer. It's a little, a little disappointing, obviously, to lose uh, in the manner in which we did. But again, it isn't what it is. It's, it's a good learning day for us. Yeah, really happy after. You know, we had a really good initial test again, Waterford, and then clear game. We saw a little, uh, little improvements again. And sure, for long periods, as we said today, we, there was a lot to like about us too. Um, probably didn't start the match as good as we should have. Came right into it just before, you know, eight, ten minutes from half time, and looked to be in control, as I said, for a lot of the, the second half, maybe the last ten minutes. Then obviously got away and I said that's typical Cork as I said a sign of a, a real good team hurted us near the end and hit the front at the right time mm. I have no real stat on how many players we've used throughout this uh, Co-op Superstore League but it's been a big benefit to us the three matches have been superb now really has and we can um, can look forward now to the league in two weeks time so it is, and, and it's just testament to the work that John has been doing behind the scenes um, to get himself right so happy to get get a bit of time into him you know it's today it mightn't look as intense as, as maybe we thought it might be but there was there was fairly good you know physicality in that game up close there and it was as good as you're going to get competitive wise um, leading into the league so um, you know as I said a lot to like about what, what what this competition has thrown up for us for the- that's uh, Liam Cattle Excuse me, a lot to like about what this competition has thrown up for us. Ken Hogan was on duty for Tip FM yesterday. Good evening to you, Ken. Good evening, Ron. How are you? I'm very well, and thanks for joining us. Um, Tipperary feel the force of rebels late Red River, says the Irish Examiner. Uh, there was a lot to like. I mean, how would you view yesterday in its totality? Glass half full, glass half empty. Uh, I think yeah, it was a well worthwhile fixture. It was their third game in the Munster League. Um, Ronan, um, I think it was a bonus to get so many matches and to go down to Park Arena and play before a big crowd, um, good atmosphere, a lot of young, experienced players involved in the game on both sides. And I suppose that told in the end, particularly when Cork uh, introduced a lot of uh, uh, important subs, particularly experienced subs, Jack O'Connor, Connor Lehan and co. And they actually swung the game for Cork. Would you at any point be disappointed that we had at one stage an eight-point lead and looked to be in control? But if you're playing tiddlywinks, as you will know, we, we we like to win it, you know. Uh, it makes no difference, um, Ronan. I think 
uh, changes had to be made. Tipperary made seven changes in all. Uh, Barrett, the goalkeeper, Reece Shelley, that's half the team, you know. Um, I think players have to be used and utilised and brought in. And I think that's where the Tipperary management were looking at. If it was a National League final or a provincial final or a national final, you know, those changes wouldn't have been made. It was a monster league. We had to, you know, uh, get it all into, you know, that we had to look at the bigger picture looking yeah. forward. So I think in fairness to the management team, they were given players opportunities to play. And I think that that's what that monster league is all about. There were signs yesterday of players really putting up their hands, Brian McGrath perhaps in the half-back line. Oh, the half-back line were very good overall. As a I unit, mean, have, yeah. It, yeah, Patrick Campion, I mean, you know, he's yeah. been underage last year and he's gone into senior and looks like he's well able to cope with that step. Yeah, and these, the, 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 the situation like Indy Heffernan, excellent by McGrath, man of the match, and of course Podge had a great game, you know, I felt a great game. And the funny thing about it, he was so up for the game that the last three that he won coming back out and like it was a slight retaliation. It wasn't even, a, you know, a major retaliation. And obviously the referee was right beside him. So he changed his decision. And that's maybe a learning curve for Podge as well, you know, to know that you don't react when you win a vital free with, with almost time up. So I think the experience of all that, I think, you know, the, the, um, Connor Stakelham's still as busy as ever. But overall, I think up front, you know, to give players like, you know, uh, Keno Dwyer an opportunity to play, all these young fellas coming in, the experience of Stantum, Sean Ryan, you know, we didn't see a lot of Sean Ryan, but the the the, the snippets we did see of him, an outstanding goal, an unbelievable goal, you know, and, and a very good uh, t- teamwork goal. So from that perspective, there's a lot of positives to go by yesterday. Do you expect significant experimentation to continue during the National Hurling League? Our first game is against Leash, which, you know, most people, Willie Marr, if you listen, turn away now, but most of us will expect us to get over Leash and then, you know, you don't have many easy games after that. Oh, do Antrim come to us? Yeah, that's it. That's basically it. But um, we have we have that leash game. It's a must-win game. Um, you know, take into the context of the National League. Um, he will continue to experiment. Like, when you talk about experimentation, um, we've got to think about we need an influx of new bloods, um, Roland. We know that. Uh, from 2022, we need players that can win hard ball, you know, and also we need uh, players that can contribute. We have, you know, the few experienced players that have to come back, uh, the Matters and Co. But other than that, I think uh, we have got to be happy with our, our, our defensive structure. Uh, I think he will persist with Michael Breen at full back. Um, obviously Podge Campy doing very well Ronan Maher Brian O'Mara these guys have got to come back into the into the equation as well so there's a number of players that they haven't seen game time yet but have proved themselves you know on, on the big stage before so um, particularly I suppose Jason Ford scoring 14 points huge amount of scores you know by, by, by one man we need to take the heat off Jason a little bit. We need more score getters, and I suppose we're hoping now, uh, with the introduction of John McGrath yesterday, fantastic to see him back from serious injury, that we will have a bit more uh, potency up front. 
Yeah, no, it's great to see John back and I'm sure that he's done a huge amount of work on his own and in solitary, you know, to try and get back with after that, after a ruptured Achilles. Noel, of course, back on the field as well yesterday. Um, uh, long-term injuries to Craig Morgan, so... Um, but he's got a pretty decent deck to shuffle from, isn't he? He has. The amazing thing about championship, uh, both football and hurling, is we think it's only January, but unfortunately we're... You know, there's only one more Sunday left in January and then you're into a short month in February. This year is going to fly in. Like, we play April, I think it's the 23rd in senior championship against Clare. That's a huge game for us. It's the four-pointer, the very first round of the oh, Monster yeah. Championship. So that's, like, like so, 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 things are going to happen very quickly. And even though we're talking about experimentation, um, we've got to nail down a, a team that are going to go to Innes, you know, with a big point to prove. So um, even though we're talking about, uh, you know, January, uh, this is going to happen very fast. The league is going to roll out very fast. And the next thing we're into championship hurling, you know, the third Sunday in April. So um, we need to be hitting the ground. We need to know our team and particularly our back line. Our back line has been exposed in the last number of years, you know, for a lot of scores. Um, um, I don't have to mention that to you. So from our perspective, to have a top-class full-back and to have a half-back line that will dominate. And uh, Brian McGrath, you know, is one of those guys that stood up yesterday and deservedly won man of the match. Mm. I think um, that's where Liam is, is, you know, working. That's the goal he's working towards. As always, Ken, many thanks for your thoughts. We'll talk to you during the league. Anytime, Ron. Thanks, Bye-bye. Lee. That's Ken Hogan joining us there. Um, he was our analyst yesterday. Also in Parky Rain yesterday, let's have a quick word to Paddy Stapleton who's on the line. How are you, Paddy? Not too bad, how are you, Ronan? Uh, just do your analysis on the, uh, the defensive setups for us. What do you think of how our six went? Pardon, sorry, I couldn't hear you. No, you're just getting your, your thoughts on how we were set up defensively yesterday. I mean, our half-back line as a unit worked quite well. Hmm. Better look for most of the game. He was very, very happy. Uh, that includes half-forward midfield, because that, that's actually where a lot of the defending comes from. If if your body's around there, if you've chasers, if you've people reading that there's danger, then you're you're going to be okay. The inside line you get a lot of protection and the half back line. So I was very very happy with that up until the last few minutes. Obviously nobody's going to be delighted with the two goals that were conceded, especially kind of goals that were ran through. But I definitely think it's something that can be worked on, even if you take into account the block of training that's going on, then trying to play matches. So. That's a bit dis- a little disappointing, but I reckon that could be a great thing that happened, even the first goal, um, because it, it, it's real obvious stuff that can be pinpointed and say, look, they don't get to run from the sideline, they don't get to catch a high ball that comes in near the end of the match. Whatever happens, that ball is broken, it's made dirty, um, and there's no free flow and running. So in the main, I thought they defended very, very well. Cork were really struggling to get inside, struggling to get good ball into our uh, full back line. And if you let... Mikey Breen, give Mikey Breen a chance to read the game, give Barrett a chance to read the game, like corner full forward lines are going to find it very hard. Yeah, no, there's a lot to like, all right, about what we've seen there. Do you you think perhaps the experimentation with James Kennedy in the forward line is working? Because he's another option then into a a very crowded field looking for three places in that half-back line. Yeah, like... uh... I definitely think it's no harm going with him. Like the first day I saw him against Clare, he was very, very impressive. Like winning the ball, uh, moving with it. He's always a runner off the man. Like very good. Probably not as prominent yesterday, but I still feel like if we don't look like we're getting overrun, which we have in the last two years, 
then I think it's down to your half forward line as well and himself, um, you know, and you know, they they, they actually they actually ran hair, Connor Stay comes in the street, Dan obviously is there as well. So I I'd be happy to keep looking at him because at the end of the day you can put Seamus Kennedy back in the backs. He's played there all his career with Tipperary, so um, I'd be I'd be very happy to stay looking at him. He's and he's a character as well. Like you, you need good characters in every line of the field, and you know he'll stay running for you all day. He's stay mm. doing the right things, and I'm very happy to just see him there and see does it work. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. You can look at him again in the back. I'm often wondering though. Sometimes somebody gets labelled as a utility player, and that becomes their nemesis because they never pin down a position. I know, I know, and that's. That can be a problem, but I kind of like him to break Walsh in 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 Waterford yeah. and Kevin Moore. And, um, he just he, he he can play football. He's played football, so he's more tactically in tune, I think, than a lot of hurling players. He knows the right position. He always has the head up. He always looks around. But look, it could be the detriment of his own position on the team. But James Kennedy is a leader, and he's a good character, and he won't be thinking about that. And I feel like his performances so far have been, you know, of good standards. He's he's working very hard. He's 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 leading the line of the field. So look, sometimes you're put out of position and you have to put up with it and I don't think Seamus will mind too much. No, as long as the blue and gold jersey's handsome, I don't think he'd mind at all. Listen, Paddy, I gotta fly a lot to cover tonight. Thanks for your time tonight. I appreciate it. No matter on. Thanks indeed. That's Paddy Stapleton joining us there. Just before we go to an ad break and Ger Ryan is staying with us, the chairman of the Munster Council. Let's just reflect momentarily and I'll talk to Ger about this in a few moments. But there's a mighty weekend for Harty Cup from a Tipperary point of view, first all Tipperary Harty Cup final in the history of this illustrious competition as Cashel CBS will take on Thurles, or Cashel Community School, I should say, will take on Thurles CBS. Let's hear from Thurles CBS. Eamon Buckley spoke to Stephen Gleeson at the full-time whistle at the weekend. Look, just delighted with the performance, I suppose, um, Stephen. I, all year we've just been looking for a performance and I suppose in contrast to this time last year we're in the Harty Cup semi-final and we just never performed. That was the big thing, I suppose, that, that disappointed us so much last year. Just not not getting off the ground. Our skull hit us at the start of, of the match and we just never recovered. So the big thing today was just get a performance, give ourselves a chance and in fairness to the lads, they worked so, so hard. So delighted to get to the final now. Mm, and the team were just on top you know for a lot of the second half which had to work for middle to major work first 40 minutes they were well in the game until you just went up another gear again yeah look Middleton are a serious team and we knew that coming down but in fairness to our lads um, you know different players throw up at different times um, our backs I thought even though we had a few shaky moments at the start just got on top nailed down a couple of their key men and then our forwards um, you know they're good to throw the ball around that's one of the good things about us that they'll, they'll give the pass when it's on and um, in fairness to him, they worked very well in that second half. Yeah, and uh, like the final is going to be fantastic. Cashel up against Turles and loads of mix of uh, clubs and mix of families even. Uh, Robbie Ryan, the forward for you, his uncle Brendan is the coach with Cashel and you have uh, Anna Carty and, you know, a lot of different clubs, Nakavilla as well, that have uh, club mates, you know, on both schools that will be up against each other. Yeah, it's going to be a great occasion. And, and look, it's great for Tipperary to have two schools, a historic occasion. Um, so it, it will be some fun in all those clubs, as you named out, where, where there's different players on on, uh, on either school. So um, look, there's going to be some buzz around the school, some buzz around the locality, uh, all the local clubs over the next two weeks. So we're just going to enjoy it, look forward to it, and, and hopefully perform um, when we in two weeks' time. Yeah, and the players would know each other from matches 
right across the last few years in the schools? Yeah, um, I suppose unfortunately with COVID over the last two years there's been very few matches but they would have played each other um, I suppose back under 14, under 15 and it always would have been very tight so we know we're going to have a massive uh, challenge again the next day like Cashel I suppose everybody's been talked there's been a buzz about them all year they've been the form team so look we know we'll have a massive challenge again and hopefully the boys will respond and get up to that level again and you've been with this group since they were in first year since they arrived in the school pre-covid brought them all the way through to now and uh, that's the way it works in the school yeah, look, um, the boys have, have, have uh, really bought into what we were trying to do over the last few years. Um, like, there are some demands on those players. Like, the club season, I suppose, now kind of drags on and some lads are in with county minors, county under-20s. But I suppose they've really bought into the, the, into the CBS and what we're trying to do there. And um, I, I can't praise them enough just for the work rate, their effort, and, and just wanting to, to perform as best as they can for the CBS. So we're delighted with them. Yeah, the defence were bursting out with the ball for a finish there and they'd remind you of Paddy Mar back in the day and the tip selector and the Turtle Sarsfield club manager is part of your backroom team now as well and he brings something new as well Yeah look Parig is a, he's, he's a great influence around the place um, when we spoke to him in the summer uh, he didn't say I'll think about it he said straight away yes I'm in I want to get my hands dirty I'm looking forward to this and you know if, if Pori Mara speaks to you about honesty and work rate well then you've no choice but to do it because he, he's done that all his life all his career and thankfully the boys have bought in and he's, he's a great presence for the last to have around the place and, and a great influence and we're delighted with his impact on the team Yeah, what will this do for the school for the next couple of weeks what's the, the environment going to be Monday morning there and Friday evenings and so forth yeah look there'll be a super buzz around the place now even some of the lads said to me um, their mocks are starting on Wednesday week I suppose a couple of days before the uh, before the Harty final but um, no the place is going to be buzzing it'll um, you know for, for the work that we put in um, it, it's good to get a, a reward of getting to that Harty final and hopefully now um, if the lads can perform uh, another couple of percent uh, higher again we'll, we'll try and get over the line in two weeks time Extra time on Tip FM, brought to you by La Heart Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out theheart.ie for their latest offers. Tip FM Sports Star of the Month with the Talbot Hotel Clonmel, multi-award winning wedding specialists with state-of-the-art leisure facilities and spa with food served daily. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month. Get your nominations in now. Yeah, your text number here is 083 Some questions coming in for you, Ger, but I'll come to those in a second. I would like to ask you about the Harty Cup. It doesn't really fall under your remit, but you've got an all-Tipperary final. Yeah, the uh, yeah we have a separate uh, schools division in the Munster Council which run it, so we support them and supply staff to them and so on. So it is very much a, a partnership. Um, but I want to congratulate both uh, Cashel and Thurles in getting to the final. And it's certainly great for Tipperary to have uh, two schools from the one county in the final. As you said, it's the first time ever. And it's a phenomenal competition. It always has been. And I suppose from the GA's point of view, it's really important that we're strong in schools. Uh, and I'd certainly congratulate all the schools around Munster who support it. But I think it's going to be a fantastic occasion in two weeks' time because there'll be neighbouring clubs, there'll be relations. Um, Brendan Ryan is the, the manager in Cashel and his nephew is playing with Thurlis to name but, but one. I'd say there's And lots schools, more. Yeah. That, that's yeah. just one example. So that led to it. So I, I think it's fantastic and, and certainly from Tiberi's point of view it shows the massive amount of talent that's coming through and you uh, put that with the win in the minor last year. I, I think Tiberi people can be very optimistic about the future. Is there an argument to be 
be made to maybe making it a curtain raiser for the National Hurling League match against Leash? Uh, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. Uh, the, the the fixture isn't sorted out yet, but I, I think that that's one of the things that'll be considered. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Um, but there are a number of logistical things to be worked out in, in relation to that, including the fact that it's two separate bodies running it, but all of those things can be overcome. So uh, in the next few days, it'll all be clarified. Uh, we've seen the Camogie Association dovetail with the GA4, yes. so maybe that can be overcome. JJ Kennedy is on the line. How are you, JJ? Hi, Ronan. Uh, great win for Cashel, <coughs> one twelve over Ardskull reaches 14 points. I mean... Would I be right in saying Ardskill Reach would have gone into this as favourites just be, be, purely on the basis of the re, of the recent record in the competition? Yeah, I, I guess they would. Um, I suppose they say their record they're, they're defending. They were defending uh, All Ireland champions in this, and and of course they they beat Cashel in an earlier round, um, albeit a very very narrow victory. Just a, a late goal got the verdict for them there in that particular game. So. I suppose that would have indicated that there's very little between these two teams and uh, and I think it very much ran true to form on Saturday. Uh, two very close teams, nothing in it. In in Cashel's favour, you'd have to say that they, they were never led apart from the um, apart from the first score of the match. Um, they were never actually led uh, after that. And, um, you know, they really battled it out. It was a ferocious battle of a game because, you know, in these conditions, it's it's quite different from summer hurling maybe. You have a you you know the conditions are are fairly heavy and the ball is sticking around and you've loads of rocks and stuff and and you really need players to to dig in and 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 to fight for the dirty ball and that and that's the type of game and it was it was a ferocious tussle running and uh, you know up and down the field nothing in it we were actually bracing ourselves for extra time as it was coming up to the sixty minutes and. Um, Thankfully, thankfully, we hadn't to endure that. You know, Adam Daly stepped up at, at the right moment. Which uh, he, he actually he sports pointed the game, which was, you know, was an incredible contribution to a match like that. And, and uh, thankfully, Cashel got through. And Cashel, many congratulations to him. If in contrast to Thurlis, who have a proud history in the heart, he'd have won as many times as they'd like. But they would be there thereabouts most years. You know, the semi-finalists, <coughs> almost perennial semi-finalists. This is only the second semi-final Cashel have ever been in and they're only back up at hearty level in the last year. I mean it's been a fairly dramatic projectile upwards, isn't it? It 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 has, it has indeed. Um nineteen seventy three was the the, <clears throat> the only other occasion. Of course that was the that was the old uh, Cashel CBS team team at that stage, um which I know something about because I was around there at that time. Um but uh, yeah, and in in fairness to you know to the people in charge like Brendan Ryan, they've been they've been knocking on the door of this for the last number of years. They've been around in the B competition and in the Hearty, and they've been you know they've they've been putting in a lot of work, and um, you know they've 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 made progress obviously, and this this is a huge step up for them, um, and you know a huge achievement because you're going you're going where nobody went before from the school. It's it's a first, and. Um, um, you know, with all of the the importance that attaches to that, so so it's huge from it's huge from that perspective uh, for for Cashel, and um, they, um, you know, I guess a few things have fallen their way in a sense. Uh, you know, I mentioned Adam Daly, for example, he's got the winning points and the four points in the match, and he he um, he, he was of course key man on the. Uh, 
the minor win last yes. uh, last summer, and uh, he just transferred from Rockwell College this year to Cashel. So that was that was a lucky break for them because I think he's very important to this team. So you, you need little things like that going for you. But they've they've certainly put together a very very strong team and strong character team, I think, because there were phases in the middle of the second half of this game on Saturday where I, I thought that Orskull were just shading it. You know, they they cancelled out the Cashel goal fairly quickly, and it uh, Cashel seemed to be on the defensive a bit more had one lucky escape and their goal now and so on I thought our skull were, were going to, to just about but get it but then Cashel dug in and they finished very very strongly which showed great character on their on their behalf I think and, uh, and really ground out the win in the, in the end so it's a um, fantastic a fantastic yeah, victory and, and, and a great prospect I think in the final Ronan Connolly's their joint captain he's on the freeze yet to own he's know? a brother of all oh, yeah right, he's, so he's brother yeah. yeah well there you go yeah. you talk about big characters they're going to go into a final probably as underdogs against Hurl CBS with a free swing yeah, I guess they will. Um, they will on, on reputation alone. They'll, they'll go in as, as underdog, which is a good position, I think, to go in. I mean, the last thing you want going in your first uh, hearty final is to be blown up as, as favourites. They won't be. Uh, they'll be underdogs. But, uh, they, you know, I, I'd imagine that won't, that won't bother them. I mean, they'll, they'll know from club games and everything else, they'll, they'll be very familiar with... Uh, these, uh, with the Taurus players, with most of these Taurus players, because as we mentioned already, I mean the number of club overlaps that there are here is is just incredible. I mean, when you think of it, this, this monster competition, and it comes down to two two local schools um, drawing in some cases from the same parishes. Uh, you know, there's a kind of an intimacy about this that, that's just incredible. It's really going to add to the buzz of it. Um, you know, clubs like like Borlahan and. Kickhams, of course, have players on on both teams, and uh, so there's a lot of familiarity there. They know each other, and some of them, of course, played uh, together with the Tip Miners, and that that's another element of it. Yeah. So uh, there's all sorts of angles to this that's going to make it fascinating. And uh, I, wherever it goes on, I, I'd, I'd actually love to see it in a country venue like Holy Cross or Bolahan or something like that, where the atmosphere would be just unbelievable. But perhaps it'll be in the stadium. I don't know. But either way, it, it's just going to be a great a great event. Absolutely. Look Looking forward to it very much. JJ, thanks indeed for joining us. We'll fly. Thanks. Thanks for honour. Thanks indeed. That's JJ Kennedy. A quick word on the Thurless demolition of Middleton CBS. Stephen Gleeson, 320 to 27 in favour of Thurless, Stephen. Absolutely, Ronan. And, you know, Thurless were full value for that scoreline. They were immense, really, in this. Uh, two Holy Cross lads in the full forward line there, Jimmy Lahart and Robbie Ryan, were on fire. You know, Robbie Ryan hit. 1-5, Lahart, two goals, and there were two absolute bullets. And, uh, like, they were ably assisted there by another couple of star forwards out the field, uh, Joe Mayer. Now, he had a bit of a knee injury there, so hopefully he'll be okay to take his place in the final. And uh, Robbie Stableton, another star forward there, and both of those lads hit four pints apiece running. So they were immense in this game really and uh, Milton were in it for a while but uh, they drifted out of it then and you know it was surprising the ease that Turles won by in the end considering Cork had uh, six minors from the last couple of years the Cork school had uh, had played with Cork and uh, six the same with uh, Turles CBS that had lined out with Tipperary now I know this is a grade up again and uh, it's a better competition really than the minor championship which is under 17 this is under 19 but um I thought Middleton would be a bit stronger really going down the home straight but Turles were immense Middleton got a goal in the second half 
and Turles responded with seven consecutive scores. Yeah. Like that'll just tell you the power of them. Yeah, no, I mean they'll go into the final as favourites in a fortnight's time, um, based on that three twenty scoreline against Turt Middleton. Um, but they have the pedigree, they have the know how, they have the street smarts, you know. And I'm sure the atmosphere is going to be building. But Cashel are coming with a free swing, like I just said to JJ. Oh, absolutely, and I mean. Like of Brendan Ryan there is doing untold work in there, the Holy Cross man in Cashel, and he's just driving the whole thing on. And they have a real star there at corner forward in Adam Daly, who hit four points, you know, the last day hit the win and score. And he's a real live wire. And uh, like, they just have a nice blend there across it. And they have that bit of experience after playing Turles last year. And I'm sure they'll be itching for another go at them. Yeah. And the likes of Connolly there is brilliant. But uh, Turles will probably be favourites going into it. But that'll suit Cashel perfectly. And uh, I think, Ronan, sometimes even the management of these teams can be overlooked a little. The likes of Brendan Ryan and the likes of Eamon Buckley are doing unbelievable work yeah, to Tipperary GAA. Huge sacrifice time. Absolutely. Stephen, i got to fly. It's going to be a mighty game in two weeks' time. Looking forward to it. Thanks for your Can't time. Can't wait for it, Ron. Thanks indeed. Uh, Jared. just on that, there's a couple of things. Uh, an all Tipperary final is fantastic. Um, but it just goes to show how, like, um, just the amount of work, the amount of volunteer time and I'm sure you benefit as a council from that sort of thing. Oh no, it's it's, it's absolutely fantastic the, the work that people are doing in, in the schools. As I said, it's essential mm. uh, to the whole promotion of the games and we're very fortunate to have people like that and, uh, you know, we're continuing to develop in that area. We launched a, a child development uh, centre of excellence with Mary I last week. Uh, so really our links with the education sector are hugely important to us and, you know, as uh, Stephen just said there, very much acknowledge the work of people like Brendan Ryan, Eamon Buckley and all the others in all the schools around Tiberian and around the province. And uh, there's tremendous work going on there. You, you agreed a budget of 1.8 million for a grant scheme yes. recently. Um, yes. That's pretty much all you take in. I mean, everything you take in, you're not a, you're pretty much a charitable organisation. You're a not-for-profit organisation. It's probably yes. a better way of putting it. So you have to distribute your monies that you come in. How do you determine? Because I'm sure every club makes coherent well, the, and compelling. Yeah, well, we basically set out criteria mm. uh, for them and the clubs are aware of that in advance. Uh, following the two years of COVID, we adjusted those criteria. One of the things we introduced uh, as a new measure this year was we, we put a budget aside of 150000 for larger urban clubs who are doing uh, developments to promote participation. And so we're going to have to adjust and, and respond to what's happening out there in terms of demographics and in terms of developments as well. So it's all about uh, trying to identify what the trends are, what do we need to focus focus most on in order, order to retain players and as I say to maximise participation and then support the various units whether it's uh, uh, clubs or counties in, in, in terms of how we grant stuff through the club development scheme and then also through our grants to counties. A quick word on the split season, I'd say you're a fan of it but one of the flip sides of it is the County Under 21 Hurling A final was played this weekend between Sarsfields and Mullenhorn and a lot of people would have seen that as being a downgrading of the competition. Congratulations to Sarsfields by the way. The, the um, well, yeah, I'm a fan of the split season, yeah. uh, and I suppose what, one of the challenges for the GA at present is to decide how many age grades it wants uh, after a 17. And when you have multiple competitions at that level, it's very demanding when you have a shortened season. So I think some tough calls have to be made there. I'd be a fan of. I'm going to put my cards on the table. I want to go back to 18 and under 21. 
Yeah, that's fine. I, w- I wouldn't uh, personally agree with that, but that's part of the debate that's going on at present. I, I would be sticking with no higher than 20, would probably stick with 17 and 19. But if we go to 18, in particular for our elite players, we have to maintain decoupling, uh, both from a fixtures point of view and protection of our players at that level. And I think we're trying to solve two different problems, what's necessary at club level on the one hand, and then what happens at inter-county. There are solutions out there that can deal with both of those and deal with them in different ways. Uh, but I think we have to look at the ensuring we can continue to make fixtures properly, trying to retain players and also uh, making sure that we don't expose players uh, too young uh, to adult level, particularly the level of S&C that's out there at present now. They can sustain injuries uh, which limit their careers and I want to see all our players playing at their best at 24, 25 on and not have any um, careers uh, ruined by playing too young at adult level. Dear, there's a whole hour in that conversation, I think, when we come back to it in a minute. Sam Lambert's on the line. How are you, Sam? I'm good yourself. Thanks for hanging on for me, Sam. Sam, I uh, want to talk about the game in Feathered yesterday. Tip Ladies getting their uh, National Football League underway with a win over Westmead. lot to like. And what I particularly liked about the seam selection was great to see so many names back. Yeah, definitely. I suppose the household name, Ashton Loney, was back after, I think it was 575 days I was after reading after her ACL injury along with a few other uh, homes along the road. But uh, great to see her back. She six points I think from a few from play a few from free so it was great to see a star like her back on the field again Did you like what you saw in terms of style of play are we very dependent on Ashling? No I think there was a good spread of scores around in the forward line and I know Keno Dwyer contributed as well from wing back and Dana Rose um, from midfield she scored an unbelievable goal there that really lifted tips there in the second half that they really needed it um, so no, it was it was a great spread of um, scores. So I don't think they were as uh, dependent on on Maloney as as they mm. have been, perhaps. I think it's always important in the league campaign to get the first game out of the way with a win because you're kind of behind the eight ball if you don't. Yeah, no, definitely it'll it'll drive them on now next week. They're playing leash, so um, it's a great start. It's something I suppose that they were probably striving for to get off to a good start and as you said yourself it, it, it builds the confidence gives them a good boost going forward now and they're probably after settling into their, their game plan that they're trying to embed over the last number of games or challenge matches Sam i got to fly so much to cover tonight but thanks for your time no bother thanks, thanks indeed that's Sam Lambert joining us there with Ladies Football good win for them over Westmead and Leash next week back in a minute Extra time on Tip FM, brought to you by La Hart Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out lahart.ie for their latest offers. You're welcome back to Extra Time. I'm here, Ronan Quirk, with you until 8 o'clock. Joined in studio by the Chairman of the Munster Council, Ger Ryan. Ger, we spoke a little bit about grants um, earlier. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of clubs it's a lifeline for them to suddenly get a, a grant or a check in the post from the Munster Council. Yeah, well, it's certainly part of the support structure for them. I, I think the uh, sports capital grants have been a great boost to clubs and I'm delighted to see so many clubs uh, have availed of that and they're well organised and they make sure they maximise what they get for it. So ours is possibly not as important as it used to be, but it's still very much appreciated by clubs and we get very positive mm-hmm. feedback from it and we're very, very happy to be able to do it. And we're, we're the only province actually that uh, supplements the money from Croke Park with, with our own funds as well. So they probably do a little bit better in Munster than around the rest of the country just to give us a plug on that one 
Somebody says, can you please ask Mr. Ryan if he'll bring back Cashette Styles for OAPs? Uh, no, we won't be bringing back Cashette Styles. Uh, we're on a transition there. I know it's not uh, satisfactory to everybody, uh, but it's like any major change. It, it takes time to fully bed in. But our feedback on it overall has been positive. It reduces risk of cash management uh, from our point of view. It allows us to prepare for games better in, in terms of having greater predictability around attendances. And overall, it works very well. And, and it's certainly the way the world is going. I appreciate that it inconveniences certain people and we don't want to inconvenience anybody, particularly OAPs. But overall, we're, we're happy to support people any way we can in terms of transitioning uh, to card uh, and, and online payments. I think it's also worth pointing out, you haven't said that you, it does reduce costs. I mean, you it want does, to maximise yes. returns. So banks aren't very no, absolutely. when it comes to lodging cash. Yeah, and it also reduces the cost of managing and the security costs of managing yes. cash at big games. They are very significant because obviously there's a massive risk there in terms of... Uh, any uh, criminal exposure yeah. that you that you have on those days. So uh, the benefits uh, outweigh it. There will be a few issues with it, but overall we're very pleased with the progress we've made there. Streaming has been... Streaming has been brilliant. I, I've been a fan of... Yesterday, for example, yes. in Parky Rin. You yeah. had an attendance of... 5,000 and 2,500 on streaming. That's 2,500 that you mightn't have got otherwise. Uh, absolutely, and it allows us to, to go to people who, for various reasons, are, aren't able to travel. It's, it's the middle of January. Lots of people just uh, wouldn't have suited them to travel yesterday. They get to see it. It exposes us to a, an audience that's abroad, e- even people around the country who might have an interest in it and, and wouldn't normally travel to it. So it increases the overall exposure of the games. Uh, and I think it's been a really worthwhile exercise for all counties and for the provinces. We've certainly done well out of it. Uh, and I expect, you know, just to as an example, we'd have an additional 100k in funds to uh, distribute next year as a result of, of streaming. streaming. Yeah, no, it is the way things have gone. I'm going to go and switch codes completely because Clamell Rugby Club's Joe Winston is on the line. Joe, good evening to you. Good evening, Ronan. Uh, things are going well from a rugby point of view in Clamell because I don't have many wins in a row that win over Brough re- represents, but it really does copper fasten your position in fourth place in the table and maybe you might have one hand loosely on a playoff berth. Yeah, the but the results have gone to the table has kind of turned into two halves and ourselves um, in fourth and buff in fifth are up in the top half the bottom five are kind of struggling Sunday as well the home half Bangor a few more uh, so we're, we're looking upwards all the time now You know you wonder if you had started the league with this quality of form what might be now Instonians are obviously head and shoulders above everyone else but it's quite competitive underneath them It is yeah uh, I mean Ballinano, who were bottom uh, last week, at Tullamore, who have been lying in second place. So trying to get your wins or get something out of an away trip is still very important. Um, we're going up to Estonia next Saturday, and as far as we're concerned, it's a free hit up there. But we take confidence in the fact that in the match in Clumwell, uh we had a man sent off late in the first half, but yet we still drew 14 all of you already count the second half with 14 men. So we think we can give them a good run for the money. Well, that's that's something to watch. I mean, uh, Instonians next week and then your next home game? Uh, Put you, you on the spot now, Joe, haven't you? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm just, the, the reason I asked you that is because I would encourage people to go see, because that's a winning team. They're playing a lovely brand yeah. of rugby and I'd like to see more people with bums on seats up in Ardgeha. Yeah, we have a, a three-week break after the Instonian game. Okay. Um, uh, because of the international. Oh, of course, yeah. Six Nations gets under yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, actually, we have a home then on the 18th of February is Balanar. Okay. 
And then again, it's back up north after that. So there's there's bits of breaks with the with the internationals coming now. Well, look, continued success to you and your team, Joe. Look forward to talking to you as this season comes to its finales. Thanks indeed, Joe. Thanks, Ronan. Thanks for that. That's Joe Winston, Clement Rugby Club. I'll come back to Jaron in a second. Lots of texts coming in, but there's a great sports story broke over the weekend and a National Elite Senior Boxing title in the National Stadium is hard won. And I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome to uh, to the show Sean O'Keefe from Clamill Boxing Club. Shauna, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm really good. Many, many congratulations on your elite title. Um, how confident were you going into the final against um, Christine McDonough, I think, from Neilstown? I was extremely confident. A lot of work got put in in the background. Um, one sec, I'm just going to put this there. Okay. Um, a lot of work was put in in the background. Um, there was no corners cut. A game plan was set with my coaches and it got executed perfectly. Well, a 5 nil scoreline suggests that. You've been in elite finals before and suffered disappointment, Shona. Did you ever think about maybe packing it in? Because you, you, you were up against some pretty decent opposition in those finals. No, I never did. I always had a dream and... I wanted to win an elite title and I wouldn't have stopped until I did. And it took me a few years to get back due to injuries, but I'm here now and I'm elite champion. And you, you joined the likes of Con Sheehan and Dean Gardner as elite champions coming out of Tipperary, coming out of Clamell Boxing Club. It's pretty impressive people who've gone before you, but there's only been three out of that club. You're the third. I know, it's massive. It's a massive accomplishment for us. Thanks to our coaches and thanks to the belief and the work that Constantine has put into us. That's how we get to um, make our dreams come true. There's other girls involved in that. Like people like Ellie May, Gartland, and you know, they've represented Ireland at international level. You've represented Ireland at international level. What do you hope that this leads on to, Shauna? I hope it sets an example for everybody else in our club that no matter how much um, work you put in, your dreams can come true. Just don't give up. You get set back just come back, uh, go to the drawing board and set a new game plan and just follow through. Well, Shauna, I wish I had more time to talk to you and we might sit down and have a chat in more detail when we both have more time. Will you congratulate Martin and Robert and oh, John and all the coaches up there for me? Because, and most, more importantly, many heartiest congratulations to you. And Bobby as well. Oh, Bobby, don't forget Bobby. Janie Mackey, don't forget me. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, will you, uh, many congratulations, Shauna. I'm delighted for you. Fair play. Thank you so much. Take it easy, Sean. Thanks for that. Jerry knows not your sport. But that is a great story. Oh, absolutely, and well done to Sean. It's a yeah. fantastic achievement to win at national level and to come back from adversity and all that. So well done to her and everybody involved. Jerry, we don't really have. We're pretty much out of time. I want to thank you for coming in. I want to wish you well. It's your second year in the stint. Is it a two-year stint? Three year. Three year. Is it a political? Uh, is it a political shark pool? The Munster Council. Uh, no. Because no. <laughs> word people would say it is. No, it's very it's very enjoyable, and and I'm very privileged to hold the position, and and very grateful to all the people who support me in doing it. Well, continued success to you, and thanks for your time tonight. I appreciate it. That's Joe Ryan. We will be back to you next Monday night at eight o'clock. Tick